0: Hey everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Big Hawker Podcast. This show is brought to you by the best silhouette manufacturer on the planet, Jeff Stanfield.
1: That would be dive bomb industries. That
0: would be Dive Bomb Industries. I'm
1: the leading manufacturer of silhouettes in the United States. What's the world. wrong with you? You I don't, don't feel sound good. you don't sound well. I don't feel well. Mm. Well I mean my vacation consisted of death. Sure. And I'm tired and it's cold. Let's talk about silhouettes.
0: They're the best. Go to DiveBombIndustries.com today. It is never too early to start building that spread for the 2019 and 2020 season.
1: Actually, you better jump on them pretty quick because last year they sold out. So I would get on over to DiveBombIndustries.com grab you some dive bomb decoys before it's too late.
0: And you know what? Get those tax refunds. Get that back a little bit. Don't tell the old lady how much it is. Make a little investment into
1: your future. That's DiveBombIndustries.com.
0: This podcast is also brought to you by 737, the boys from Oklahoma.
1: Blow the old number one myself.
0: You give them that old chatter, 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 uh, chatter.
1: Bust that old chatter. More greenheads drop right in. That's all you need. Peckers out, ready to do some business. Big Daddy sitting there and shooting them down.
0: <laughs> yeah. So if you want a great duck call or a good goose call, look them up. 737duckcalls.com.
1: Made in Oklahoma for everyone else in America. That's right. At 737duckcalls.com.
0: This podcast is also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. They're changing the game. They've got a incredible turkey load coming out just in time for turkey season. Oh, I'm ready to get my hands on that and get that gobbler in nice and tight and poof, right in the old noodle for them. That's going to be all she wrote.
1: Right in the old noodle?
0: That's, that's where I aim every time.
1: <laughs> I hope you do a better job shooting turkeys than you do, Dove. Well, I'm I'm, ducks, I'm shooting boss, these,
0: so it doesn't matter. They just just I, I only got to load my gun, and they're just gonna hop into my truck and leave.
1: What's good about boss is It only takes one. It only takes one.
0: So you hit him, he's dead. That's right.
1: Check out Boss they,
0: they make a great uh, great waterfowl load. We're really excited about this turkey load. So head on over to BossShotshells dot com and
1: use your tax refund money for that too. Well, you're just giving away your base tax refund money. <laughs> Most of our people work; they don't get tax refunds.
0: Ah, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta fudge a little bit here and there, maybe. I'm not gonna talk know. about that. Yeah, you know.
1: Let's, let's next su- subject. Sea Light LEDs. Yeah. I'm having to get a new one put on my truck right now.
0: Yep. Head on over to SeaLightLEDs.com. They can illuminate the sky. If Jeff had it on, he might have never had a direct.
1: I, you know, I don't think that, I think that's what. That just that little bit that stuck out is what caused that. Yeah. Well, it was actually because my head was up my ass and I pulled yeah. through an intersection.
0: I was gonna say that more than that. But yep, uh, head on over. Head on over to those guys. They make a great LED light. Put them on your trailer. Put them on your truck.
1: Boat, boat fishing. See what you're doing. Boat fishing's coming up. You need them on them boats. They yeah, make the bow fishing a lot easier. A
0: whole lot easier. So go on over to those guys. They do make a great product. Put them everywhere. Use your tax refund money for that.
1: SeeLEDs.com. Like
0: <laughs> this show is also brought to you by Lucky Duck. They're the number one spinner. They're the best out there in the spinning world. Get the ones, get you a nice little remote. You can click them on and off if you're hunting ducks and geese. It's what we do every, almost every single day. Because most of the time we have a lot of ducks in our goose field. So we have to have them with the remote. And if you get the ones that are waterproof, well then just good for you. That just means if you're like Blake and have a lot of accidents and tip them over in the water, you're covered. So lucky duck. Also, it's, uh you know, it's, the varmint. everybody's predator hunting right yep, now. Yep,
1: and it's got, they've got a great call. Took it out the other night, called in a couple of yotes. Go to luckyduck.com. I and, got cold medicine in me.
0: Yeah, you can get everything that you need. They also make some turkey decoys, so, hey, you're just set and ready to go. This show is also brought to you by Athlon Optics. You need good optics. Let's face it, the ones you got are probably not very good. You probably got them at the 5 and dime or from dollar general or something like that. Invest in some money they make they make a great product and they're not going to break the bank. You're getting a superior superior product for not a whole lot of money. So, look them up Athlon Optics and you will not be disappointed. It's what I scouted with all season. So, there's that. This show is and this this is also brought to you by William and Chris Wines. William and Chris Vineyards. I'm a wine guy. We just got done with Valentine's Day. Had a nice bottle of red. It was lovely. Had a lovely evening with William and Chris, and I picked it up at HEB. I'm proud of you. I did. Nice Texas company. Texas wine at its finest. Look them up, williamandchriswines.com. They even ship you wine if you want to. Last but not least, this show was brought to you by Stanford Hunt Outfitters.
1: Home of the Big Honker Lodge. Home
0: of the Big Honker Lodge. Been in business forever.
1: Over a quarter of a century. Mm.
0: That's a long time.
1: Many days, many days for sure.
0: we got hog hunts available right now. We've got turkey hunts, a couple turkey spots left. So uh, if you're wanting to get, on, get in on something this spring, give us a holler, 940-658-3172, or you can look us up online at stanfieldhunting.com. We're getting a new website, so that's going to be a whole lot of fun. But that's the website right there. Yes, sir. Or just email com. goose at westex.net. That's W-E-S-T-E-X dot net. Or call Jeff at 940-658-3172. He sounds like he's on door doorknob right now, <clears throat> but he will at least answer the phone. So if you're wanting to get out this spring and do something, give us a holler. Or if you're wanting to get on the books for this upcoming fall, call us. We want to hear from you. All right, on this episode of the podcast, we've got the winner of the Max Snow Goose competition, Louie Casper of Wings of the Prairie Outfitters. He's the guy that won it all, ladies and gentlemen, $62,000 in prizes. We've got him on. He talks about how he won it, and he gives us a little rundown of just snow goose hunting. My hat's off to him because it is a game that I could not do. Uh, it's too wet, too long hours, and I'm just not that mad at him this time of the year. So anyway, hats off to him. Here he is, Louis Casper.
1: All right, here we go, go. <clears throat> three two one boom and welcome to the big honker podcast i'm jeff stanfield i'm andy shaver and tonight we have louis casper owner of wings of the prairie outfitters the 2019 world champion snoo- snow goose hunter louis how you doing not too bad how
2: are you guys
0: doing pretty good it's cold here in texas tonight which is rare it's cold and, and crappy weather
1: it's is it raining there in arkansas
2: Oh, it is pouring. Absolutely pouring. They're supposed to get about three inches of rain tonight and tomorrow and it's supposed to not stop until maybe this weekend.
1: Oh that's gotta fucking suck.
2: It's not too good. It makes things a little more challenging as as if the season hasn't been
1: challenging enough. So, so so tell us about your weekend. You are the current world champion. How now y'all decoy hunted both y'all hunts, right?
2: Yes, sir. Yep. It was, uh, it was pretty hard. Just the the birds have been very uncooperative, uh, from the get go. And then during that weekend, uh, all of a sudden, all the trucks and trailers were rolling in and you could just tell the atmosphere was changing. And as far as getting on fields, it became even harder. Uh, people were leasing fields up and holding fields for weeks at a time. And, uh, and then that was it. And then it just started and the weather was uh pretty mild actually the first day. Uh not a lot of uh you know wind. It's pretty sunny, no wind, um and uh no real reason for the birds to be active and moving and uh slow first day kind of and then the second day we had uh, some rain and some clouds that rolled in. Uh, Push some birds around. We got some new birds that rolled in and showed up in the area, which definitely helped us. But is uh, overall, as far as the contest goes, there's not a lot of birds that were actually killed. I think, if I remember correctly, the first day there was 18 teams that did not even kill a goose. Yeah, Um, that was 180 people that didn't even you know kill a bird. First day and the second day, I think there was more teams than that. I think it was the 21 or 22 teams that didn't kill a bird. So it just goes to show that you know, even if you you have the the right field or whatever, things are they can change at the drop of a hat. So,
1: so yeah. these guys season leased all the they they went in and leased the field, trying to set them for for days before the contest.
2: Yep, yeah. There were some guys that had everything set and they're staking it out. And there was other. There's some instances of, you know, some some decoy spreads that were getting stolen. Yeah. Um, I don't know, everybody kind of heard about that. There's, uh, you know, some, it kind of brought the worst out of a lot of people. It was pretty cutthroat, you know, things were changing, and uh, with a lot of, you know, prize money and prizes or whatever on the line, it kind of, you know, shook things up a little bit, and. There's uh, there's a couple fights at some of the fields, you know, over who had permission <laughs> for what, um, and it was I we tried to stay clear from all of that stuff, and we kind of had our own plan. Um, but you know, it was in the back of your mind, you know, just you didn't know what to expect. You know, it's a different world down in Arkansas, and rules don't always you know apply when there's uh a big prize involved and there was i mean it was it was unbelievable it was every every field you would go to there'd be eight or ten trucks sitting there watching the birds and uh there might not even be that many geese in it there's you know two thousand birds in a field and there's eight trucks watching it
1: so and uh what kind of uh what kind of money do y'all pay for these fields for the day y'all pay by the gun how does that work
2: um, I actually lucked out. I didn't have to pay for for my fields, um, uh, but there are some some guys they pay by gun. Some guys just have a you know a a base number that it you know, costs 150 bucks for the day to go you know hunt the field. Uh, some guys are 25 bucks a gun that you bring in. Um, so it just kind of depends on you know where you're at, and you know there's some some big name guys that roll in and. Drop lots of money that make it a little harder for the smaller you know named guys or you know even guys that are just trying to hunt for a day or two um afterwards and it seems like once the farmer has been offered money once then it's just kind of expected that you're gonna end up having to pay for them yeah so sure. I try obviously to find a place that you know that if I can find a place that there that doesn't require any money to you know be to be put down to hunt but
1: so you're there still getting, that there's you're still hunting for free in Arkansas in some places
2: uh that's the plan I mean there's always a place that there are some geese that uh, you don't have to pay for it just depends on if someone else is there as well or you know how many places there are sometimes you do have to pay, and that's just one of the one of the places that's coming becoming too now it's uh, making it a little difficult for everybody.
0: Now these fights, were how how'd they happen? One guy had permission from a farmer. One guy had it from a landowner. Or what what were some of the instances there?
2: Um, it was a lot of there's a lot of uh, out of state owners as well as far as um you know calling on your own X maps or whatever and you're getting your information and stuff like that. Um, so hopefully the guy was close so you could you know swing by and talk to him you know face to face and you know check out his farm and, and get answers that way. And other guys, you had to call, you know, and kind of get the roundabout from one guy that knew a guy that knows another guy that you have to, you know, work your way around it. But no, um, no for the, the most the, part.
0: The, fight, the fights that happen, how did these fights break out at the field? Did, did one group have per- permission from the farmer and the other from the landowner? Or how did these fights break out that were at the contest?
2: You know, and I don't uh, – that's kind of – stuff that you hear on facebook and whatever on some of these snow goose pages and stuff that there was there were fights and we were not involved in any of them but there was uh it sounded like that there was two groups that showed up on one field and uh one guy had permission and the other guy was saying that he got there first and you know the farmer may have given permission to two groups not knowing that they were two separate groups um I'm sure all those farmers that weekend were getting calls yeah. like crazy from all different people, and so sometimes, you know, they think they're talking to just a different guy in the same group, or whatever, but it sounded like there was two guys that, you know, they were there first, and one guy started setting decoys in the field, and just so that he could say he was there first, and the other guy didn't like that, and so there was, there were some issues, but overall, I think I heard there were a couple of arrests, I don't know if that's <laughs> true or not, but
1: I can't um, believe that you kinda, you can hunt free. It shows
2: free. the competitive edge was definitely in the air. So, I'm
1: I'm shocked that you can hunt free still, that, especially with a contest like that. Because I figured guys that go in and lease everything up where nobody could hunt. I mean, that's that's what I figured everybody was doing was paying money for fields. But I, are y'all hunting wheat fields? or y'all hunting flooded fields?
2: Um, the first day we were in a flooded rice field. Uh, the second day we were in a a dry field that was just wet from it being, you know, raining. Um, and it just depends. I mean, it, I've had some uh, some connections down here as far as, you know, just from coming down here so long now that, uh, you know, you just build those relationships with those farmers and, um, you know, make sure that you involve their, you know, them on the hunt if they want to go hunting or if they have kids or something you bring their kids with. Um, things like that you know gift cards to restaurants or local restaurants and stuff for their wives and stuff like that those always help go a long ways um, you know and it's, it's not just you we don't come down here and you know just talk to the farmers just during hunting season we maintain that relationship and connection with them all season long and uh you know and all year long even through the summer things like that and offer to help them on the farm and things like that, you know, of that nature. Cause without the farmer and none of us, you know, we can't do our jobs. So,
1: well, what did, uh, how many decoys did y'all run for these hunts?
2: Um, I think we had about 1400 the first day and
1: probably 11 or 1200
2: the second day. Full bodies. So we used, uh, we used uh dive bomb industry, uh, windsocks and uh no full bodies it's just socks and uh those seem to be uh the ticket they help us out quite a bit and that's what we use as far as uh and our decoys go
0: yeah so. and they're lightweight so whenever you got to walk through that slop it's not too bad huh
2: right so yeah what... they're uh quick and convenient everyone you know likes looking at full bodies i like looking at full bodies but you know as far as convenience and it's been super wet this year um that's the way to go it's it's quick it's easy you can throw out a large amount of them in a short amount of time and they don't take up as much room as you know a full trailer full of full bodies so
0: yeah, yeah. so what was your strategy going into this uh tournament did you have some fields in mind were you trying to stay away from the pack what what were you thinking
2: um i you know honestly it, it got to the point where there was so many fields that had people sitting on them that we just needed a field to hunt. Um, When the sun rose the first morning, I could see several spreads just from our spread around us. That was that close. Um, You know, people were moving in on the area, trying to hunt traffic. Um, Anybody that couldn't get on the, you know, on the feed, all the fields around it, you know, they were trying to, you know, pull the birds um, in a traffic field nearby. So there was always, you know, birds there, um, after the first day and we checked our birds in and we found out we were in third place. You know, I was I was a little disappointed on the uh the bird count and we actually didn't fire a shot until ten fifteen that oh, morning. Oh um so that was definitely stressful and you know, I was getting lots of looks down the blind at me going, you know, where are these birds at? And <laughs> and then uh all of a sudden we just started getting some nice uh mid morning groups that were coming in couple big spins and we could have shot a little better on some of the the spins but once i realized you know how tough it was for everybody that we actually didn't have it as bad as i thought we did then um as far as the last day we just uh we just tried to make our shots count and uh just see what happens so we ended up getting very lucky and it was a great experience for the guys that we had um made a lot of ex-military guys that had all served together uh, from all different parts of the uh, the U.S., Uh, a bunch of guys from Colorado and Texas, uh, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Michigan, and a couple other places, and uh, just an all-around great group of guys. Uh, Regardless of the contest, um, it was a hunt of a lifetime, and an amazing experience. And to be able to...
0: Go ahead. I'm sorry. Ahead. No, no. Go ahead.
2: Uh, just to be able to, ex- to share the experience of you know the, my passion for these guys that they hadn't uh, a lot of the guys hadn't ever snow goose hunted before, uh, which was also pretty cool. You know, everyone was getting all these these big dream teams together, and you know their top ten best shooting buddies that they knew you know for this contest, and we just had kind of a group of guys that just liked hanging out regardless of what they did. Um, some guys experiencing it for the first time. And then we ended up, you know, pulling off, a uh, an upset and it was a pretty cool experience to be a part of.
0: So how did you pick, how did you, how'd you pick this team? How'd you pick your group? You know, all these guys from past experiences or, or. I,
2: I knew, uh, several of the guys. Um, I actually took them fishing up in Alaska in the summer and, uh, we had a great, uh, time up there. Um they were part of a, a military combat um veteran program um that I had met through um some of them up there and then we had just stayed in touch and they had uh came down. They they wanted to go on a snow goose hunt and we had stayed in touch and all of a sudden they, they picked their dates, you know, a few months out and then the contest was announced. And then they offered or they asked if they could be a part of the, the contest and I said, you know, yeah, why not? Just make sure you got enough guys that so we can make a a ten-person team, and, uh, and we went from there. And a lot of the guys, they just kind of were doing it just because that was what was going on that weekend. And some guys had no intentions of
1: winning, and other guys said that they knew we were going to win the whole time. So it was, uh, it's pretty cool. So the, after day one, the team that was winning, they had, they were way ahead of everybody, weren't they?
2: they were they uh actually knew a couple of guys from the team i didn't know we're on the team at the time until the second day but yeah we uh we rolled in the first day with 36 birds i believe and they said we were in second place and there was about 10 minutes left of um the time to remain to check in for the first day at four o'clock and that truck rolled in and I think they had 143 or 145 or something like that for the the first day. And I I was like, well, that's going to win it. Just seeing how the rest of the people did in the contest and kind of knowing how it's been tough all season anyways. um, You know, that was the first really nice shoot that I had heard of at the time. And, uh, you know, then they had a good day. They went out the second day. And uh, they still had a really good shoot, and we just ended up, you know, getting the birds coming to our field, and we got lucky. So,
1: Well, well, you're pretty humble about this, but the first group, the first day, the first group I was told by a bunch of people there that they hunted them on a roost lake or a loafing lake with just five decoys and no e-collar. Is that true to that? you think true to that? I talked to uh, one of the guys
2: after the contest was all done with, um, and I heard a lot of negative things. People were saying they jump shot birds and whatever. And and you know I don't know what they did or didn't do. Um, the guy that I talked to, they said they they were hunting a uh, a lake that they were loafing in, and they went in at eight o'clock in the morning with some decoys. They didn't even have any floaters. They just put a bunch of decoys around the edge and shot them as they came back. Um, they had checked with fishing game to make sure they were complying with all the rules and and the. The laws and stuff to make sure that it would still count. And so they did the right thing on their part, you know, making sure that they were completely legal. And, you know, some people didn't feel that that was fair. And, you know, it wasn't it was it, it wasn't any of the things they said they couldn't do. Um, I think it was a very smart idea that not a lot of people thought of. They were the only people that did do it. Um, and had we not gotten as lucky as we did the second day, they, they would have had it you know without a doubt
0: now i also heard that there was some uh discrepancies with maybe the way that they transported birds guys were uh upset about something that they did hauling the birds in is is there any truth to that
2: uh as far as just bringing them in the trucks or yeah what do you think
0: yeah yeah some uh i i heard that um they were trying to get them disqualified for the way that they transported their birds, and I don't. There was something at check-in that that wasn't quite right. I don't know if they didn't tag them right or or what was going on, but you know how um, things are on Facebook.
2: Oh yeah, it's it, everybody. I mean, regardless, there's going to be someone upset or mad or jealous or whatever of how everything goes. But um, I had actually talked to a fishing game guy at the. At the parking lot there, and uh, was confirming that the birds had to have tags for transportation um, on the birds to bring them to Max Prairie Wings.
0: Right. And
2: uh, by law, all birds uh, are all federal waterfall, uh, federal migratory waterfall, has to have a tag on it um, as far as transportation. On a, even and for a bird during
1: a conservation season with no limit. Crazy, right? It's stupid as shit.
2: Right. It. It. It's you know kind of a pain in the butt with a large amount of birds like that um and their their response to that was well it's conservation season and there's no possession limit and uh no daily limit so they don't need tags on them well it's kind of a gray area there were some other teams that were you know that hadn't placed higher and they were trying to you know work their way up the thing and I didn't chance it. I tagged all of my birds. Uh, It ended up actually costing us some time uh, hunting both days, Uh, but we tagged all of our birds just to make sure that, you know, there was no issues that way. Um, But it it does not specify in the federal laws that during the conservation season you do not have to tag them. Um, But I just figured we were going to cover all of our bases and just be safe anyways and And it's up to the local game board, apparently, was what I was told.
0: So so it is true. There were some guys lower on the leaderboard that were trying to get this. After day one, they were trying to get this team that's in first place disqualified because of the way that they uh, transported their birds. That is true? Uh,
2: From what I've heard, I heard several uh, people talking about it in the parking lot, so... And I just, I asked for myself to the fish and game guy. I just was asking if that was an issue or not or how they were going to handle that. And he said it was up to the the local game wardens and, you know, it's up to their discretion on what call they would make there. But
0: Right. that That is so. just, that's another crazy rule to even, it's conservation season. There's no limits. There's no daily limits. You can shoot them, no plugs, but you still got to tag these little fuckers. That's dumb as shit.
2: Right. Exactly. And how you know, and that's they they were saying the birds were being donated so it didn't matter and Yeah. You know, I, being from out of state, it's easier to, you know, put the microscope on the, the out of staters than it is the, the local guys. So I was I wasn't gonna take any chances and uh I just wanted to make sure that, you know, if it did come down to something like that that our guys were, you know, taking care of and
0: Yeah, that and so it would suck so bad to get kicked out on a technicality, especially something as small as that. Yep. So, exactly. Or to win
2: on a technicality too. I yeah. Mean, we yeah, either to win, way, you know, just just, you know, on sheer numbers and uh luckily we did. Not by much, but just enough. So it was a. Uh,
1: Well, did you check? It's
2: just one of them things that it was, and the the tensions have been so high, anyways, with how frustrated these birds have been and um, how uncooperative they've been, and you know, so we just wanted to make sure everything was as legit as possible, and we tried to run an honest outfit, and you know, make sure everything is good
1: to go. Well, Well, who checked in first on the second day? Did you check in before them guys or after them guys?
2: Ah, uh, they checked in before me. Was my understanding like I got in there at I think one fifty, and check-in time was two o'clock.
1: So, so you, did you? So you knew the leaderboard when you walked in when you came in there with how many birds you killed the last day? Uh, one forty-six,
2: one forty-six or one forty-eight, I believe. I think it was one forty-eight or something. I don't remember. Is what you day.
1: checked in on the last day? So you knew when you went up to that leaderboard that y'all had won it right then, as soon as you got there. I
2: did not know. They didn't write any numbers up and didn't show it until the final truck had come in. And I think there was one more truck after me, I believe. But um, they didn't tell anybody until they laid them all out. Um, I think yeah, it was 148, I believe, was the final number for the uh, second day. And so,
0: uh,
2: (coughs) you know, and then, go ahead.
0: Oh, no, I was coughing. I'm sorry.
2: Oh. Um so yeah, we didn't uh we didn't know. I knew it was gonna be close. Um I had heard from a couple of guys what the first place team had brought in and so I was trying to do, you know, quick math in my head on the way there and you know, and then, then the the tension and everything started rising and building in the suspense and hoping I, I was better at math than I was in my head <laughs> and hoping I w I didn't make a simple, you know, mistake and so it was uh it was pretty nerve-wracking there while we were pulling them out and everybody's tags were all bundled up and so we knew that we didn't you know have one bounce out of the truck or something like that and it came down to the last couple ones so after they uh had counted them twice and I figured we pretty much had it so
1: the other guys butt hurt oh yeah Was there some bad things said (laughs)
2: um you know they half of the guys i guess they were not there they didn't stay around the other half uh waited for the polygraphs to come back <laughs> to make sure that we all passed them just in case we didn't and uh and that was actually when i had realized who was the other guys that were in the group or on the team um was after the fact so we kind of were talking there a little bit and, and uh it was all good it was it was it was so close, and that's why you know it, was the, it, it wasn't a blowout where everyone knew right away it was it was so close the whole time that you know nobody really knew until the final count and um, you know made sure all the polygraphs were good and everything like that. so Now
0: did, did most of the teams did most of the teams stay around to uh, see who the winner was going to be, or did some of the guys toward the bottom did they bounce?
2: uh most of the teams bounced uh like i said i think it was 22 or 23 teams uh didn't even kill a bird the second day so a lot of the people that didn't even kill anything they left um it was pretty much you know a couple of the top five or so teams i would say were there yeah
0: um
2: yeah i don't know who all was there too because was a bunch of random people that were you know just taking pictures and just being there to see how it how it went and things like that so
0: now, did they polygraph everybody on your team, or did they just cherry pick a couple guys?
2: No, they did everybody on the team. I thought they were just going to do a couple, and they ended up doing all of us. So, I mean, it's it's that much more.
1: Did you look guilty? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I I will admit I was pretty nervous going into it. I've never taken one before. So they and, hook, uh, hook you
0: up all over the place, don't they? i mean like fingers, oh, I had your wires, chest.
2: and blood pressure things, and things on my fingers, and um. And you know, the guy had told me, he said, just don't breathe deeply. And I was, all I needed fuck. was a deep breath because I was nervous. <laughs> and so I was taking a bunch of, you know, short breaths and I almost passed out from sucking half a little no breath of air because I was, I was, I was pretty <laughs> nervous, but. Well, yeah, you um, got
0: 62 and grand in prizes. And you don't want to
2: fuck it, it, it up by just telling exactly. the truth and looking you know, like a liar. Like, Right. Yeah, exactly. And I had ten, I had to rely on the nine other guys to, you know, make sure that they were right too. So I knew I was good and I knew, you know, everything was fine. It was just if nine or they were gonna ask a hundred questions. Right. Basically, and you know, they just had to get the average or whatever. But it was it was all good. It was all I'm i glad that they did it that way and not just did a couple of random guys, um and right. that they had everybody so that there was no yeah. questionable things or Gray areas, but you know,
0: what were what were some of the questions that they asked you? was it all you they asked everybody ten questions or they asked you a hundred questions
2: uh, they asked us all the same ten questions um basically ranging from um, have you ever you know cheated in a uh, contest for you know prizes uh, did anybody uh outside of your team help with bird counts to increase your bird count uh did you jump shoot ditch crawl shoot from the road things like that
0: Mm
2: -hmm. um Uh just pretty much basic questions about the rules of the contest and you know so it was i felt like they they had covered all of them pretty good so
0: I would have, I would have, I, I would have been relying on a good polygraph reader because my needle would have been going all over the place if I, if they hooked <laughs> me
2: up to it. Um. Yeah, it was. Uh, it it actually took pretty long. It, it was only ten questions, but it was about a fifteen twenty minute deal for each wow. person. Some a bit. Um. So we were all waiting in the hallway, and you know, just waiting and waiting and waiting. But it, we slowly got it done, and and then uh, we. We'd wait for the rest of the guys to get done, and then Chuck came out and he called the winner, and that was it.
0: Now, how many birds did y'all win by? Because I heard it was th- less than five.
2: Yeah, it was three birds. Three birds. Three was three was the the number. So my
0: goodness, it just goes
2: to show you that every bird counts. Any you know cripples that sail down into the end of the field, you got to go get them all because they all count. So
1: let me ask you this do you think there'll be a second contest or would you can or would you call this a contest a total clusterfuck
2: um i i personally didn't mind the contest at all obviously but um i think that there was a lot of people that um you know they just they felt like it was so uncontrolled and for the most part it was it was pretty controlled as far as getting on fields that was the hardest part, I would say. Um, But I think that they want to see, you know, a official or a representative um, with each team. Now, that being said, that's going to be super hard to do because we were allowed to split up teams if we wanted. You know, you could put five guys in one field and five guys in another field. So now if you do that, then you need two, you know, representatives for each team. Or if you do a seven and a, you know, two and a one or something like that, then you need three. So it's going to be super hard to right. to get representatives to do that. Um, they were talking about potentially having more check-in places instead of just checking into Max. Um, but I kind of liked that you had one place because it, it kind of limited you to where you could and couldn't go. Right.
0: Um,
2: as far as the times that you still had to kind of plan around that as well um you know there was a lot of negative feedback on it as far as uh, other outfitters hunting that they you know they had land that was being leased up that they were using for their clients and and uh all of a sudden some team had rented the field out for a week or something and held it and you know it kind of just changed the whole deal and i was uh i was hoping that after the contest and i there were still snow geese in the state that they all didn't get shot out, and they were either in Missouri or in Louisiana. But there's there's birds around still. It's just harder than ever to kill them now. But.
1: Has your best day this year been that Sunday? Because y'all killed 140-something birds that day. Has that been your best day this year so far?
2: Uh, I had one more uh, after that. We had, a, we had a pretty good day after that. I think we shot like 172, was, and that's our best day this year so far.
1: What was it like last year? What were your numbers?
2: Uh, last year was significantly higher numbers than this year. Um, you know, it, with the lack of juvies, it's just, it's not to say we didn't, uh, kill lots of adults. Um, we just had the juvies mixed in as well. And, uh, the juvies are what kind of would get them big spins going. And, uh, once the, the first couple of juvies would come in and it would start bringing the adults in with them. And, uh, now this year without the juvies starting things like that, the adults still come but they'll stay up a lot higher and you know they just kind of start picking you
1: apart um, what's the most bird you ever killed in a conservation hunt um let's see last year we had a
2: 229 um a couple of years ago we had one over 400 Ooh. um so it's uh, it just depends on the years that's, um it's a lot of cleaning it is a lot of cleaning It's it's a lot of cleaning, but it's all good. And that was the other thing that was, uh, you know, some guys, they wanted their birds uh, from the conservation hunt, um, or the contest, whatever, but they donated all of them to, you know, Arkansas um, Hungry something or whatever, but uh, that was a great deal, because then you knew the birds, you know, we all take our birds. What other people do with their birds, I have no idea and I don't really want to know, but I know that there are some guys that don't take them and you know they throw them in a ditch or something like that, but at least we know that all these birds got you know donated and, and eaten and right. uh, people appreciated them so that that was good deal so
0: so ev- pretty much everybody hunted right around Max Is that kind of the gist of it?
2: uh there's a lot of guys around Max um I mean just right
0: around the check-in area I mean because you said you saw quite a bit of spreads that first morning
2: right. Yeah, we were uh we were north of Max there a little ways, but uh I mean there was there was a lot of spreads pretty much everywhere you looked. Um And was that just was because birds.
0: you knew that you had a a, a time check in? Is that why you stayed close by or is that just where the birds happened to be?
2: Yeah, uh, there were a lot of birds actually within uh sight of Max prairie wings. You could be in the parking lot and you could see quite a few feeds around. Um You know, I didn't look at those ones. I figured those would be the obvious ones, so I I tried to distance myself a little bit just so I wasn't, you know, competing with every single person that was staying in Stuttgart or, um, you know, hunting in the Stuttgart area. Obviously, everyone's going to be looking around there, you know,
0: first.
2: Right. So uh, I started further away and, you know, worked my way to a reasonable distance that I figured, you know, I could still get a quality hunt in and still make it in on time. Um, instead of, you know, having a really good hunt, but being too far away and then having to, you know, call the hunt early and things like that. So it was all just little factors that played into the, um, the outcome. But
0: now with the rules, the way they were, did everybody have to be present at the, uh, we'll call it the weigh in or could you uh, have, heck, could you have brought the birds to max while everybody else tore down the spread?
2: Uh, the first day, um, not everybody had to be present. Um, the second day when you brought the birds in, everyone had to be there.
1: Right. So, Did, you know, uh, how many bands y'all kill? That's something everybody's going to want to know. We had no bands killed during our hunt.
0: How many do you normally kill on a normal season?
2: Birds or bands? Bands. I've had some seasons where, you know, you kill over four or 5,000 and... You might get one or two. Um, last year, I think we had, I don't know, maybe five or six and uh, one neck collar. Um,
1: did you this sit, year, I think.
0: Oh, uh, did you say four or five thousand bands? No, birds. Birds? Oh, birds to bands. Okay, I got you.
1: So y'all are killing yeah. a band for about every thousand birds on a normal year? I would say right around there.
2: maybe, uh, Maybe a few more than that, but. That's about This year i think we've uh two two or three so far this year so
1: yeah has the hunting five. been has the hunting gotten better since the contest is over or still just a grind uh none, none. i would
2: hit, if they hit or miss right now it seems like you're either gonna shoot five or hundred five right. there's not really an in between there and it gets frustrating because they just You scout you find the feed you find the x you find where they want to be you get permission you watch the field until dark nobody messes with it you go out set up and the birds just don't come back the next morning and i i just don't understand why or you know there's no reason for them not to um i haven't done anything differently than i have in the past you know hunting or chasing feeds um But now we've tried everything, you know, we've, we've tried big spreads, little spreads, motion, no motion, you know, running decoys really wide, running decoys really tight, um, all sorts of different things. And it, there's no pattern anymore, you know, for whatever reason they do their own thing, um, each day. And it gets pretty frustrating because, you know, you can have these great fields that have tons of birds in them and on a normal season or a normal day, um, you'd you'd go into that hunt very confident knowing you were going to shoot a you know a large amount of birds and this year it's just kind of a a defeated feeling where you you know you're just you don't know what that edge is that you need as far as you know how you should set your decoys up you know do you have a big kill hole little kill hole no kill hole you know a huge hook you do a j do a U. I mean there's all different things and and we're trying every single one of them, and there's just no rhyme or reason why, you know, some days you absolutely smash them, and other days it doesn't matter what you do. You know, I've had buddies that are putting ten, twelve thousand 12,000 decoys out, and they're killing four or five birds. at that. Mm. And, I mean, you can put out 200 decoys and kill four or five birds, or, you know, we, were, mm. we got down to about 250 decoys, and, you know, we had a couple 30 bird days, and, you know, it, what, there's no explanation for that. And I just don't understand that, but that's the, that's the challenge, um, of the snow goose hunting. Um, I personally love snow geese more than any of the other waterfall that we hunt. Um, I like all the geese, but the snows especially just because, um, all bets are off with them. Yeah. And, and when it does work, it is very, very, um, a good and rewarding feeling
0: so on um, on days where you've got the X and then you go back the next day and they just don't come to you are they are they are you still seeing the birds or are they like not even in the same area as they were the night before?
2: um most of the time you still see 'em they just it just seems like they totally forgot that they were in that field, and they just go to a different one for whatever reason and once they start coming off the roost and starting to set down, you might as well pack it up right then because every goose off that roost is gonna follow the one that. I just sat down, and they might be a mile away from you. They might be two, three fields away from you. They might be five miles away from you. It just, it just gets frustrating because, you know, you did your job. You did your scouting. You did your homework. You saw where they were. They could be there for two, three, four days. You finally get in there, and then that's the day they move every time. What do you do it's you- like they know you're coming, and it's just it's pretty frustrating. but.
0: We've, we've all been there, so, yeah. you know, don't feel too defeated. Oh.
1: What do you do on the oh, yeah. days when the – and I know it has to happen. When those big spins are working, there's got to be some dark geese mixed in with them every once in a while. What do you tell your guys on that? Um we
2: had, uh, earlier this year, we had a lot of specs mixed in right away. I think right away when you could use the e-callers, um, you could tell that it seemed like that was the best decoying specs of, you know, the whole year <laughs> was when the e-callers came on. Um, and the speckle bellies knew that they had a, a free pass. Um, you know, most of the time they, uh, they're kind of off to the side or, you know, they come, you know, on their own. Uh, we did have a couple big spins, uh, that were, it was almost 50-50 specks and snows. and oh, shit. Or the, the specks would come down first and the snows would be hanging up higher. And we've had several instances where I don't call the shot at all. Because yeah. I can't risk it. You know, it's, you know that if you do, they might not shoot them on the initial shot. But once all the birds start going every different direction people just see close they just start shooting the closest birds you know one of them are going to be a speck so we just we play it safe and we don't call the shot at all
0: so um, do, you, do you tell your like juvies i, I gotta imagine that w- when everything's going on juvies could even be tough to distinguish between just a regular dark goose do you tell your guys not to shoot you know these dark dark juvies
2: i you know it if you can see them you know obviously the, the easiest way for me to tell them is uh, the sound um, yeah. and if they don't make a sound and they're coming, I don't call a shot until I know for sure, um, or unless I hear them. Yeah. And if I, if he doesn't say anything or whatever, I just don't call a shot and I'll, you know, say I don't know what it was. I don't want to, you know, shoot and cross my fingers and that it was a Juvie Blue, yeah. but a Juvie Blue and a Young Spec, they look almost identical, especially early in the morning and they're coming, you know, with the sun sure. or something. Yeah. I mean, they look, they all look the same. So, um, you know, when in doubt, I tell them shoot white. Right. Um, and if they really can't tell, then, I, you know, it's better to hold off and, you know, and it that's the other thing about the hunt. It's not all about killing birds. You know, yes, everyone wants to kill birds and they want to kill lots of birds. But sometimes it's pretty, you know, enjoyable for me, at least, to sit back and just watch them, you know, and just watch and learn and try to pick out different things that you may not notice because you're so focused on trying to kill, you know, the birds Um, but you can learn a lot about how they, you know, interact with the decoy spreads or the calls and stuff like that. If you just kind of watch them and observe them. And, uh, I really enjoy that too. And I've started to, to mention that to some of the hunters and stuff. And, you know, they would get frustrated when you can't shoot into the huge tornado. And, but you know, when you get to watch the tornado and you just see how they all interact and, you know, it's, that's pretty cool experience too. And then people kind of learn from, you know, what they're seeing instead of just shooting and, and not understanding what's going on. They're just shooting instead of observing. So,
0: Now, has the e-caller burned its sound into your brain? Do you hear that every waking moment of the day now?
2: Absolutely. Oh. it's uh, You close your eyes and you hear it at night. <laughs> um, that is the best part of the day, I think, is being able to shut that thing off.
1: Oh, God, it would drive um, me nuts.
2: It, it gets to a point where you could sleep during a snow goose hunt right. with the e-caller on and yeah. you could pick out when you hear a snow goose over the track because I've memorized all the tracks and all the e-callers and
0: oh, no. I can hear a
2: snow goose over the track because whether it's, you know, just a different sound or a different pitch or it, it didn't follow the same, right. you know, track. Yeah. Um. But, you know, that's why they call snow goose hunters crazy. That, that alone will drive a snow goose hunter crazy or any hunter crazy just listening to that nonstop. But, <laughs>
1: Where do you go after it is this what it is, so. do you go do you chase them into missouri also
2: i do yeah we uh we have some pits down in southeast missouri uh down in the boot heel um we got a nice little lodge set up there with boot heel lodging down there as well um that's close by to the fields and um so that's a nice comfortable relaxing place for the guys to hang out you know after the hunt, or they can run back from the field if it's cold in the morning they get cold they can head back to the lodge and stuff like that and then we uh after that we chase them up into south dakota wow uh, and then uh so when when's your them. season
0: over i mean you got to be chasing them almost into may huh uh
2: pretty much i'll i'll go up to canada sometimes uh some springs and just chase them for fun you know without clients or whatever i don't guide up in canada but i right. um, just kind of go for fun and you know, do it for myself a little bit. Um, you don't, you ain't had enough have to of deal it? with clients <laughs> and all that stuff and dealing with the pressure and you know having to have something lined up and it's just kind of a relaxing, unwinding uh, time for me. And you know, I'll go with some buddies or some family and things like that and <laughs> just kind of unwind. But we'll shoot them into May. Wow. And then uh, you're a lot madder at them
1: than we are. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine uh, waterfowl I, hunting in May. God Almighty. oof. Now, this oh, it's pretty nice.
0: When do you start? Do you start do you start in September? You start waterfowl uh, hunting in I September?
2: actually I start uh beginning of October. So I I got fishing trips up in Alaska in the summers um and then I do moose hunting in September and then after moose hunting up in Alaska then October first I start chasing birds. You are you're not married. Yeah. Are you
1: married? I'm not married. No. Nope. How old are you? <laughs> I am twenty five. Are you planning on getting married ever? <laughs> um, I am. I
2: got I got a lucky one right now that uh I'm very lucky to have. She helps run uh all the social media stuff and emails and she goes to uh sports shows with me and gets things, you know, kind of the behind the scenes stuff that I'm not good at and dealing with uh, you know, interacting with customers and things like that. And she was uh She's been down here helping setting decoys and stuff like that. You better keep her because
1: my wife wouldn't pick it up a decoy and put it out if I paid her money to do it. No. And especially with
2: the rain. Oh, Oh, she she put up with it. I couldn't believe it. I I kept asking her every day. I was like, why are you still here? You know, I would not be here. And she just uh, put a smile on her face, and she enjoyed being around around the guys and, you know, getting things done and seeing the – the rewards of when it works and seeing the defeat and trying to learn, you know, how we can change things for the next time. And so it was, uh, is it was she, very
1: good. Is she a Northern woman? She is. Yeah. yeah. They'll put up a yeah. lot more shit than one from the South will. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, she's a uh, she's pretty good one. I'm pretty lucky to have her. So.
0: Now I got to imagine she was pretty proud of you winning that, uh, that max
2: contest. Yeah, she was uh she's pretty excited. She was uh doing her little sales uh pitch there when everyone was kinda of talking up to us in uh the parking lot. She was out there passing out business cards and stuff and <laughs> she part. was uh she's she's pretty cool. She does a good job.
0: So. Now did you cut her in on any of the loot or not, or is that all you?
2: I'm sorry, what was it? Did you
0: cut did you cut her on any of the uh winnings? Did you give her a, a gift card or anything like that?
2: Oh, uh, we went on a little shopping spree there at Max uh, together, so she got some stuff that she uh, that she liked and wanted, and so I'll have to go take her somewhere warm this off-season. And
0: Well, shit, it doesn't sound like that. you have much of an off-season. It sounds like you go from one to the other.
2: Right. I'll have to make some time. It's, uh... She... She put a lot of decoys out in the rain, and was covered in mud from head to toe <laughs> oh for goodness. a month straight. And for someone who doesn't hunt, you know, as much as we do, um, and trying to understand it more and get into it, uh, she definitely held her ground there. And she's the best part was she did it with a smile on her face the whole time. So
1: I can't imagine hunting all the way through May. By the time February gets here, we're done. We're we're, yeah. we're finished. We're glad it's over i couldn't imagine going to i couldn't imagine right now you being like us in the first of november i've got two more months to go yeah oh that.
0: it's a hell of a grind man four months to go you got some longevity to you man that's awesome
2: it's uh this year has been a little more trying than the past couple years but i do enjoy it and uh the day i don't enjoy it anymore um It'll probably be the day that I'll find something new to do, but uh, as of this moment, I don't think there's anything better. Um, even with the the tough hunting going on right now, the tough seasons and stuff, and dealing with clients, good and bad. It's uh, I mean I'm very lucky and fortunate to be able to do what I do, I'm um, sure. and to say that what I do. And uh, <laughs> unfortunately, the only reason I fish in the summers is because there's no hunting season in the summer. <laughs> Otherwise, I would I would do it in a heartbeat. So. I'm shocked. But it is a good balance to keep me not uh, from getting burned out. So
1: The thing that surprises me is being able to get customers in April to come shoot waterfowl. Right. I don't know how you mm-hmm. how you do that, and I've been doing this a long time, and that'd be a hard sell to get people in April to want to come shoot geese.
0: Because there is a – you know, there's fishing going on, there's baseball going on. Spring
1: and, turkey hunting. There's just a lot of other things. You're competing with a Absolutely. lot of things, you know. Right.
0: What, what's your uh, – What's your demographic? Because I gotta imagine that this snow goose game is a young man's game. Lots of young clients. I look at some of our clientele and some of the bitching that they do if there's even a chance of rain. And then I look at what you guys do, and I mean they they they've got to be two different uh cl- they got to be two different types of people out there.
2: Yeah, there's a. Uh... I would say there's your average hunters and then there's snow goose hunters. That's, uh,
0: but are they younger are they, are they a younger crowd or what's, what's the difference here?
2: Um, yes and no. Um, I would say primarily a younger, uh, a younger person's game. Right. Um, you know, that's not to say you can't get some of these old guys that just love pulling the trigger, you know, all Mm -hmm. day long that they won't be out there too. But, uh, it is definitely not for everybody. you got to have, you know, it's long hours of scouting and setting fields and decoys and, you know, blinds and all sorts of stuff that it's way easier to go throw out a dozen duck decoys and wait for some ducks to come by and shoot a couple. And, you know, if you get them, you get them. If you don't, you don't. But yeah. You uh, you try to spend a, you you do spend a little more time and paying attention to detail when you're putting out 5,000 decoys and and making sure it's worth your time you know knowing that they might not come and do it but if they do do it it's gonna be right and you want to make sure you're ready for that that day that it is right um, and uh, that's what actually fuels me and it sounds crazy but um, you know I do this I. I we grind every day. We're in two, three fields every single day, all night long until the sun rises. And we hunt two, three fields and tear them down right after the hunts, and hit the road and find the next fields of where we're hunting the next day. And we just keep doing it. And I do it for just to see that next tornado. That's what gets me going is seeing that tornado. And when I, when that tornado starts going and they're screaming and you're right in the middle of that whole thing looking up and you just see the whole snowstorm coming down. To me, at that point, I did my job. I won. I outsmarted them. I got them to do what I wanted them to do. You know, whatever, how many birds you shoot after that, that's up to the people shooting. Um, yes, it's fun shooting. I like videoing a lot of the flocks coming in too. Um, but, uh, just to, to outsmart them is, is the reward for myself. Um, is the, when they do exactly what you want them to do.
0: How much and, sleep are uh, you getting right now?
2: <laughs> um, well I don't know. If you guys saw that video on Max Murray Wings, I had been three and a half days without an hour of sleep, uh, oh. during that contest. Um yeah. and in the video it looks like it too. I just looked terrible. Um <laughs> I don't even remember saying half of those things on the uh on the in the interview, but um no, it's uh not much sleep. Um, My goodness, that's just one of the sacrifices you make. And but you know what? If if I can, you know, get someone to experience and enjoy and see the excitement and things of you know the same same excitement that I get out of it, that's totally worth it. And I would do it for anybody that you know appreciates it and enjoys it.
1: Are your group um, are your group sizes bigger in February than they are in April, or in April do you have ten and twelve guys wanting to come goose hunting?
2: Uh, I would say it's probably bigger in February just because all of February's groups are pretty much in Arkansas. Um, Now, during the different um, hunts, I would say Arkansas is the most consistent hunt that we offer. That's not to say you can't have really good days in Missouri or South Dakota um, or other places, Nebraska, Kansas, uh, some of these other outfitters hunt in. Um, But the consistency in Arkansas has been so much better because they winter here. Um, And on a normal year, when the snow line is, you know, further south and there's the the ice line and everything like that, the birds can't leave. And it's so early in the spring that, um, you know, in the month of February, the geese can't roll out. They have to stay here. They have to eat. And that's what brings, you know, the consistent hunts. Now, unfortunately, this year, uh, with the lack of leaves and we had really ridiculous weather it was super hot then it was super cold then it would rain then it would get super cold again and the birds just didn't know what they were supposed to do whether they were supposed to leave or come or go or whatever um but uh we have um in our pits we hold up to 10 people in Missouri as well um and I've had groups of 10 12 13 guys in South Dakota so it just depends on You know, the group size, and some guys, they figure the more guns, the better. And other guys, like, you know, hunting with just a couple guys. So, yeah, but I will tell you this, when you get that huge flock in there, you want every gun going off that you possibly can. (laughs) Because for all the days that you don't get to, you know, shoot a lot, that's the day that you want a lot of them. So just to make it even and get revenge on them.
0: Are are you wearing out that Super Black Eagle 3 that you won right now?
2: I'm not actually, I'm, uh, I'm looking at it right now and it's case and, uh, I'm going to give it to my dad when I get back home, oh, That's um, awesome. kind of as a, as a thank you, um, to my dad. Cause without him, I, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Um, I wouldn't even know what a snow goose was if it wasn't for my dad. That's bad. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's my best buddy and he's, he's the one who started me out when I could, you know, hold a shotgun and. So I'll, uh, I'll give him that as a kind of a thank you. And we, uh, we actually just got drawn for an emperor goose tag up in Alaska. Both of us did. Um, so we're super excited for that and hopefully I'll be seeing him shoot that gun out in Alaska this upcoming year and we can make some more uh, memories together.
1: That's, uh, that's excellent right there. That's awesome, man.
0: That really is. That's, that that's really cool. So what, what's, uh, what's the field look like for tomorrow?
2: Uh, really wet. (laughs) 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 I, uh, I might have to start telling people to bring their waders and their, uh, their water wings, because we're supposed to get, I mean, it's still raining right now, we got a flooded rice field that had a lot of stubble in it, um, a lot of rice and stuff in it, and now it's, it's gonna be pretty wet instead of a lot of rice, it'll just be more water, but hopefully it'll work, and, uh, they'll will come anyways. But
0: are you laying down in the field, or are you running A-frames? How are you hiding?
2: Uh, Depends on the situation. Tomorrow. We do a little bit of both. T- um, we got what, tomorrow, what are you going to do tomorrow? I'm going to be in A-frames just because I don't want to lay down in the mud in the water. Right. Um, but if we got some high levees or something, we might lay on the uh, the levees and lay down blinds or um, our backboards and things like that. But I, I personally like A-frames uh, just because everybody shoots better standing up Mm-hmm. Uh, you get all your gear inside of it. It looks a little more natural than a bunch of white snowmen laying around in the in the levees and in the deep places and stuff. But um, and you you typically stay a little bit drier because of those, those Side walls and stuff and out of the wind. But yeah. it just depends. And uh, I I do not you know give up comfort and stuff for uh, for the birds. I mean we're we're doing it for the birds, not to be comfortable. So there's some days that you know we're laying out in the in the mud and the water and stuff. And, mm. and that might be just cause we don't have a good height or something like that, but it just
0: seeing set up
2: and that's what kill I'm the talking most birds about and not be comfortable.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm talking That, that would I mean, you got to get some cross-eyed looks whenever you tell these guys, your clients that, Hey, this is that we're going to lay in this. Cause I, oh, yeah. I've been there before. <laughs> I've told them like, listen, this is how we're doing it. Not to the extreme that you're doing it, but, um, I just, that, that's just, that's new to me. I I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine doing that day in and day out. So my hat is off to you, sir.
2: Oh, I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's pretty good when it works and, uh, we do some crazy things. It it's, it does not <laughs> cease to amaze me what we do to kill these geese. Um, and just when you think you've seen it all then you get, you know, blindsided by some new, you know, thing that you got to overcome or deal with and, or try to to make it work, and that's what's fun about it. You never know; no two days are the same, yeah. um, no two circumstances are the same, and and it's a uh, it's pretty cool.
0: Well, Louis, uh, I really appreciate your time. I know you're running on no sleep because you've already told us that, and it's getting late in the night. And getting late in the night. Uh, where can people get a hold of you if they want to come out hunting with you or, or, or just pick your brain about the Max Contest? Where can people get a hold of you?
2: Absolutely. Uh, we got a, a website at uh, www.wingsoftheprairie.com. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, uh, Wings of the Prairie Outfitters. Um, they can call or uh, text or email me. Uh, my email is louie__wingsoftheprairie at aol.com or, uh, my phone number is on the website and on the Facebook page as well. So, uh, feel free to, you know, I've had lots of, you know, part of the, the cool experience of this thing, I've had lots of younger guys that, uh, you know, they, they might not have the huge decoy spreads yet, or they're just starting to get into the snow goose hunting. And, uh, you know, after this contest, I've, a lot of the, uh, younger guys have reached out and, you know, been asking questions about e-collars or rotary machines and, and I remember when I was at that stage, um, you know, reaching out to some of these older guys that have helped me along the way. And, and, uh, I love it. I, I have, uh, all the time in the world for people that are learning how to do this. Um, I want to help as many people as I can figure it out. Um, because the best thing about these things is just when you think you figure them out, they throw you a new curveball. So, you know, it isn't <laughs> like you you're giving away all your secrets because everyone's yeah. learning every single day. Yeah. Um. So if I can help people, just have a couple more birds, or you know, tweak little things and stuff like that, I'm more than uh, more than happy to be able to do that. So, if anyone has any questions or concerns or comments or whatever, they're more than welcome to reach out, and I'll be. More than happy to get back
0: to him. I mean, after all, you are the motherfucker that won the Max Prairie Wings Snow Goose competition. <laughs> he's so, a world champion. He's a world champion, so why would you not try to pick this guy's brain? Just makes sense, yep. right? Well, it's, uh, like I said, man, I, cool. I appreciate you uh, setting aside some time for us, uh, and it, this was a fun one. So, like I said, I, I appreciate it, man.
2: Sounds good. Thanks for hey. having me on. I appreciate you guys. Thank
1: you, Louie. Good luck to you and the best right. for the rest of the Stay season. Stay dry. Sounds-
2: I will try and do that. You guys take care. Uh-huh. Thank See you, you man.
1: Bye-bye.
2: Louis Casper.
1: I couldn't do that. No mm-hmm. fucking way. My gosh. That just, the, the rain makes, when he said three inches of rain, I'm thinking, oh, been there, done that, but I can't imagine doing it for another three months. <laughs> can you imagine? This is the same as, can you imagine feeling like you do right now, and it was November 1st?
0: <laughs> Not doing it. Nope. Not doing it. No way, no how. It's fucking wet. That's my number one. Uh, cold and wet, I'm out. I'll be one or the other, but I'm not going to be both. And the only time I want to be wet is when I'm skinny dipping in the pool.
1: That's a good safe comeback on that one. Good answer.
0: <laughs> but oh, just nasty. Because I can imagine
1: when it gets wet out here, the mud. Here it's not bad because it's sandy. That's tightly in like Oklahoma up there.
0: But Still. The sand sticks to everything here. It's just, it's icky.
1: Wet, and muddy here though is better than wet and muddy up there.
0: Absolutely, not doing it. Can I'm you, not doing it. You could, you could have.
1: I don't know how you can get customers in April.
0: It's a, it's a totally diff, different demographic than what we're dealing with. It must be. Could number. you imagine telling some of our clients, "Hey, we're laying right there." They no. look at you like you had a dick growing out of your forehead. <laughs> <coughs> I mean, mm. seriously.
1: Oh, that hurt to laugh.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. But you could tell me that we've got the hottest field in the nation, but you're going to have to go lay out there in that shit, no. and I'd be hard pass, people. Oh, yeah, it'd be easy. Hard pass. You're going to shoot 50 bands tomorrow, two reward bands I'm still giving you the hard pass. It
1: ain't. It, it wasn't a tough sell on us on the a frames either, was it? No. <laughs> Shit, I do that every day.
0: And that's what. Uh, if I was a client, I'd be like, "Listen, let's sacrifice birds for comfort. Let's go kill half as many birds in the a frame
1: over here." Could you imagine putting out ten thousand decoys? No.
0: There's a lot of things about snow goose hunting that I can't.
1: Imagine. I'm out on all that. But anyways, hats off to him. Hell this of a deal. guy,
0: he's got some longevity to him. Is all that I know. Yes. He's a fucking winner. He won the max. Snow Goose competition. My hat's off to him. He's going to give his Super Black Eagle 3 to his dad. That's awesome. Congrats. Congrats. Great So, story. look him up. Uh, well, he gave you all Wings of the Prairie. Yep. He can hook you up. He's the winner.
1: Let's call it a night. Let's wrap this up.
0: Yep. We've done two podcasts. We did Brandon and now Louie. So it's cold and ready to go home. We're beat. So, anyway, if you need any of us, you know where to get a hold of us. Have a good weekend.